Good morning, everyone. My name's Pastor Richard, and I'm the uh, the pastor of this church, and the one who uh, has the privilege of bringing you God's word today. And uh, so we're we're starting a new series today because we've been through the proverbs, you know, just through the surface of the proverbs, getting a few of the uh, those wonderful proverbs that are there, those words of wisdom. But uh, now we're going to be going through the Gospel of John, and calling it uh, so that you may believe. And it's great for us now to, because we haven't been through John um, here, we've been through Mark, you know, and we've been through so many gospel presentations, but we haven't been through the Gospel of John. And uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to go through, especially as we're looking at the life course and learning what it means to follow Jesus and to have Jesus in our lives. And so uh, what we're going to be doing is, is travelling through it and learning what does it mean uh, that Jesus is God, that Jesus came for us, and then living in a relationship with him transforms our lives and how that works. And, uh, you know, the uh, Gospel of John, I'm not sure whether you know, is quite different than Matthew, Mark and Luke. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's John, um, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, Jesus uh, had a close relationship with John. And John's uh, writing is, is uh, so much more personal. But also we see as we go through that what John is doing is seeking to, you know, fix some of the heresies. Uh, because there's a few things that came up in the church at the time. So this is around, you know, between 50 and 65 AD after Christ. So 30 years after Jesus rose and entered into glory uh, to be, um, you know, running the church. Um, you know, there are people that said, you know, is Jesus really God? Is he a man or what is he? And, uh, and then why didn't the, um, the, you know, the, his own nation believe in him? And also, why didn't the masters or why didn't the, the priests and all those people believe in Jesus either? There's a, quite a few things that they have to, that um, John will deal with as he goes through. But the most important thing that he wants though is to, to demonstrate and to show that it's all about a relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to be meeting Jesus as the word and we're going to be looking at how that goes. So this is like an introduction um, to the, uh, the Gospel of John. And so before we begin, let's, uh, let's pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be in your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you have cut off this portion of your word for us, that we can read it, that your spirit can uh, bring it to life, and that this living word can transform and change us. Lord, we pray that as we hear this word, that you will move in us and change us and make us more like Jesus. Lord, help us to grow more deeply in love with you and to melt our hearts more for you so that you may fill us with your power and your glory and that we may be your people in this world. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at uh, the first 11 verses of the Gospel of John. And so let's read that. So it says, uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, 
the world did not recognize him. So we're going to be looking at those words. And, and so we're going to be looking at um, you know, the word word. And so let's have a look at, uh, first of all, you know, what is the word? How does the word work? And how can we receive the word? Okay, so let's have a look. So it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So the first thing we need to see is that the word uh, in the Greek, you know, is logos, and uh, that that word is very significant when it comes to the time uh, the time this was written. The word logos means the the reason or cause of everything. It wasn't just a word spoken; it was the reason and cause for everything. And so there were philosophers around at the time asking, "What is the reason or the cause of everything?" And uh, and so they were. Uh, discussing it for ages, working out how does it work, how does you know, how does this uh, how did this come about, and what does it run like, and, and the reason for everything is a very important question, isn't it? The reason, and so uh, the word here that John comes out and says is, well, the word is the logos, the reason for everything. The reason for everything is Jesus, and that's what it's about. So it says the reason for everything, or Jesus. So it says in the beginning was Jesus, and the word was. I mean, and Jesus was with God, and um, Jesus was God. It's all about Jesus. The Word is about Jesus. Jesus is the Word, and the Word become flesh. And so we need to understand that that it all is all about Jesus. And so you know, people say that Jesus wasn't God, or Jesus was a man, or Jesus was an angel, or all sorts of things. And John goes to great length to show that the logos, the reason for everything. Uh, is God. So in the beginning was the Word. So Jesus was there before the beginning. He wasn't there at the beginning. He was there before the beginning. And so he wasn't created because he was there before creation. It says, and the Word was with God. And so the Word was with God at the beginning. When there was nothing, there was God, and the Word was with God. And so the word was God. And so that's pretty clear, isn't it? That uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is the word, the reason for everything. And then he goes on further. It says, he was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. So through him all things were made. And so all things were made. So Jesus wasn't made, right? Do you see how that works? Through him all things were made. It wasn't he was made first and then we made things. Or he wasn't being made at the beginning when things were being made. He was, uh, through him all things were made. And so it's very important that John uh, you know, shows that to the readers of his day and that we see it today. We need to know that um, Jesus is God. Jesus is God the Son. And then it continues. Through him all things were made that were made with him nothing was made that has been made. Can you get any more clearer? I mean, you know, nothing was made without him, so he wasn't made. And it's so important that people who read this letter or people who are here in church sitting in your seat understands that God, Jesus, is God. Jesus is the Logos. Jesus is the reason for all things, and through him all things have come. 
And we need to understand that and keep that clear in our own minds because we live in a world that doesn't believe that. There are so many people who don't believe that Jesus is God. There are so many people who don't believe in Jesus at all. <laughs> so many people that believe Jesus was just a good man who came here to show us how to live a good life. And yet John comes here and says it so clearly that Jesus is the Word, Jesus is from the beginning, and Jesus is God. And so as Dan read to us at the beginning, you know, it, you know, all things are made by the Word of the Lord. Jesus was there and Jesus is the Word of the Lord come to life. And so that's what we need to see is that Jesus is God and Jesus is the reason for all things. But the next thing we need to see is it says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. So important to know that. We have to see that, the withness of God. You know, and so we see the, the, the Trinity, you know, the God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that there uh, is a withness there. And so it was with God, many of them were in a relationship together. And so when we think of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we have to see the Godhead working in a triunity, a three in one, with each other, in perfect love, in perfect acceptance. There is nothing they need, nothing they need at all. They love each other perfectly, they live together perfectly, and so that's what they have. And so when they created the world and they created uh, mankind, they were created to be with God. Just as Jesus is with the Father and the Holy Spirit is with the Father and, and the Son, so we were created to be with God. And so the withness of God is something that we need to understand because that's what the Word does, see? And so Jesus came, uh, it says, uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. And this light shines into the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And so Jesus, uh, we are created to be in the Godhead. We are created to be in God, in this relationship with him, in this perfect relationship where everything is bright. And yet, Darkness came upon the land, didn't it? We were separated from God by our sin. So sin separates, selfishness separates. And so this is a picture of the dark world that we live in at the moment, isn't it? Separation everywhere. Have you noticed that? Separation everywhere, and it comes from our selfishness. And so you know, what destroys the world of love is selfishness. Isn't it? As soon as we start to go for ourselves... We cannot love. As soon as we go for ourselves, we, we cannot live a life of love or we can't receive the love that we want. Have you noticed? Think about it this for a minute. Um, so how many people in your life, while you're sitting on the couch watching telly, can come up and lean against you whilst you're watching TV? How many people in your life can do that? Not many. You have to be in a close relationship to be able to do that, don't you? There has to be that, that uh, closeness, that intimacy, otherwise it won't work. You know, maybe Archie could do it. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> Probably bite your arm off. Anyway, but other <laughs> than that, <laughs> you know, a dog could do it. But, but how many, you know, that unity, uh, you know, isn't there. Sin separates us. We, we don't have that sort of intimacy. And so we have to start considering this witness of God in the Trinity. Can you, can you imagine? So have you ever felt 
truly loved, truly secure, truly okay? Have you really felt the joy of being in a good relationship that that really makes you feel safe and well and where you can flourish? Have Have you ever felt that? Has anyone ever felt that? Think about that. I was thinking about that in my life. How was I? Leslie's pretty close. I mean, that's you know, that's very close, isn't it? But because of my selfishness and that, it, we're not as close as you could possibly be. I, I went back. I went back to being a baby. I don't know. Have you ever? You know? Do you remember that? In your mother's arms, you know. That's scary. <laughs> but in your mother's arms, have you seen that with a child? You know. I mean, Jenna's going to see that soon. You've got a, a child. You know, the mother. And the child, you know, the, the child just goes, ah, you know, just have it. that. That is, I think, the, I, I was thinking, that's probably the closest intimacy that you could possibly find, the closest witness. Well, what we learn here is that you can multiply that by a trillion trillion and you're getting close to the love that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have for each other. That perfect, absolute love, that ultimate love, that is love, that is Withness. That's what God experiences in the Godhead. And guess what? We were created for that relationship. We were created to live in a loving relationship, a perfect relationship with God and with each other. That is the reason we are created. And so when you don't use something for the reason it's created, it, all sorts of things happen. I think that the image, imagine if I used my watch. To hammer a nail. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Of course, it's going to wreck the watch, it's nothing's going to work, the nail won't go in, because I'm not using it for the reason that it was made. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, we are created to have that witness, to experience that love and that closeness with God. And so we can't have it. We don't have it. Sin affects each part of us. We can't, even the most perfect relationship can't achieve it. As a matter of fact, have you noticed that we destroy the thing that we need most? We're created for love and intimacy, and yet we destroy it all the time. So often we, we manipulate. You know, we, we get short with people. We, we, the, the ones we love, we push away. We can't do it. And that is the picture of darkness that John wants us to see. There is a perfect unity, a perfect witness, a perfect love, a, a perfect place to be. We were created for that perfect relationship. We don't have it, and so we're in the darkness. And so can you imagine Jesus, who is love, who lives in a perfect relationship with God, and he came to earth, and why did he come? To give us that, to give us the thing that we need most of all. Most of all. And what happens to the darkness? It says, the light shines in the darkness. It, it can't come from the inside. You know, it, it can't come from therapy. You, know, you, you can't discover it or make it or work yourself up into it. It's something that has to come from the outside. The light has to come from outside of the darkness. And so Jesus came from heaven to us to give us this perfect unity and this perfect oneness, this perfect withness. And it says the light shone into the darkness, but the the, uh, darkness could not overcome it or it couldn't understand it, it couldn't master it, it couldn't get it. 
And so we live in a dark world where Jesus came into and it was like you know, oil and water. It, it just, there was blindness, there was a separation, there was something going on there. And so that's the picture that we see, right? So Jesus is God. He's the reason for everything. He lives in a right relationship of love. He came to give that love to us so that we may be restored into a right relationship of love with God. And so he came for us and he came because of us. Jesus didn't need to come here. He didn't need to go on the trip. He was perfectly happy, okay, all right in heaven. And yet he came because of his love for us. Can you imagine the God of the universe who loves so much so perfectly has come so that we may have that same love. And that's the message of the gospel. That's why he came. John says it so clearly. And then he even had John the Baptist. See, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And so John the Baptist, now he was the, the greatest prophet who ever lived, says Jesus, and yet he was only a witness to the light. He was the one who was saying there is a light coming into the darkness. Here's the one who said, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is coming. And here's the one who said, behold, there is a Lamb of God. He's pointed everyone to Jesus. And yet they didn't see it, didn't recognize it. He himself was not the light, and yet he was bright. And so he was saying that, you know, he, he can't even untie the sandals of Jesus' feet. So imagine the brightness and the love of Jesus. In verse 9 it says, The, the true light um, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And this is the situation. So we've got a dark world. We've got the God of the universe coming in to show and to bring the light. And yet, even with Jesus in the world, they did not recognize him. And this is the effect of sin, isn't it? And isn't it amazing when you think about it? We were created for a perfect relationship with God and each other. Pure love comes into the world and we can't even recognize it. We can't even understand it. We can't comprehend it. We can't understand that sort of love. It's almost too good and too pure for us to imagine. We can't receive. We can't have it. It's just it just doesn't work. It's like you know. Have you ever had um, you know it's you know twelve o'clock at night and it's really dark and then suddenly a light comes on. Someone turns the light on. Duh! <laughs> you can't you can't cope. You know you you can't adjust. It takes for a long time to adjust to the light. It's like that. Jesus is so light and so pure and so true, people go, well, that can't be it, and they reject the light. They don't understand it. They don't get who it is. And so that's why Jesus came as the word become flesh. That's why Jesus came as pure love. He came, and what it says here, he came to be rejected, didn't he? He came to be rejected. Jesus knew that when he came, he would be rejected. Not just rejected, but he'll be opposed. He'll be abused. He'll be given a false trial. You know, he'll be stabbed. He'll be beaten. He'll be mocked. He'll be spat on. He knew that he came 
as the light, but he came to be rejected so that we may see the light. See, and So that's what we're talking about here is that Jesus came so that he may um, come as the light of the world to be rejected, um, to die for our sin, and then to rise again so that the light may dawn in the hearts of those who understand who Jesus is. It's like we didn't know who Jesus was. We couldn't recognise him. We couldn't understand him. We couldn't be a part of him until we discovered that he's the one who died for us, to remove the darkness from us. See, And so the blindness and the darkness lifted in us when the wrath for our sin was laid upon Jesus. And so that's what we need to see, I think. If you want to know how to receive Jesus into your life, you have to see what he did for you. Um, you know, last uh, week and last Tuesday night at the Life Course, we, we learned about exactly what, that hap- what happens there. And they said it so perfectly. It's like, you know, something, when Jesus died upon the cross, something in the very fabric of God was torn. You see? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfect trinity. And yet when Jesus died upon a cross, bearing the weight of our sin, there was something that was torn in the Godhead. Something torn, some great sacrifice was paid for us. And when we consider that, that becomes the gospel message that lights our hearts, that melts our hearts. If we truly understood how much we're loved and how much he did for us, our hearts would be completely melted, emptied of ourselves and saying, Lord, fill me. Is that who you are? Is that what you do? We need to think about this. Pure love came into the world to show us that we were created for pure love. He came to pay the price for our separation so that we may be restored into a right relationship. He declares and shows us who he is. He came to be rejected and broken for us so that we may know who he is. And so Jesus is here right now looking at each one of us. Jesus is within our hearts. He is the light, the glory of God. And he says, do you want to know why you were created? Well, look at me and you'll know. Look at me and receive me and you will find and be filled with perfect love. And that perfect love will drive away darkness and fear and worry and anxiety. And what about this? Selfishness. If we can defeat our selfishness, we will be filled with God and such a witness to the world, won't we? And so this, you know, what do we have to do about this? We have to see that Jesus is the, you know, we were created for perfect relationship. We were created for, for perfect relationship with God and others. And we have to demonstrate this, this to the world. How can you show this to the world? How can they see it? How can they see the light? How can we be the light in a dark world? We can only do that when we show the change that's in us. Suddenly, we love this Lord. He fills our hearts. He fills every part of us. And we just want to live for him only. Our hearts have been so melted that we just want to live completely for him. Everything that we have is his and we give him everything so that we live out our relationship with him in love and then suddenly our fear and selfishness disappears and everybody goes, I don't understand that. I don't get that. I don't know what that is. But what it is is what I want. And so we're called to live that way. We can't do it ourselves. We need the Spirit of God to work in us. 
And so we needed to have the Spirit of God transform us in such a way that, that true love can be seen in us. A love that is between God and us, so we're, you know, we're brought in, we're drawn into the relationship with God, perfect love, and that we can demonstrate this pure love to our um, friends, family, and then our world. And we need to work on how that looks, isn't it? That's, the Christian life is saying, how can that look? What do we do? How can we, how can we do that practically? How can we do that to the people around us? Well, the way is to talk. <laughs> the Word became flesh. The Logos, demonstrating and showing what the reason for life is, is what we are supposed to talk and speak about and then show in how we live. And so we're going to start right now and we're going to start with the Lord's Supper. And we're going to demonstrate that, you see. We need to see that as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, that we're receiving the true love, the true light, the true word of God. That we're receiving him into who we are so that we can have this relationship with God that will last forever and never be taken from us. So that then we can leave here uh, empowered to demonstrate this great love to others. And so uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this wonderful love. We thank you, Lord, that we know why we're created. We thank you that as we're living according to how we've been created, we, we feel the joy and the peace and the love. We thank you for rescuing us. Lord, we, we want to repent of our sinfulness and selfishness. We want to repent of the things that we, we do for ourselves and, uh, and the doubt we feel and the anxiety we feel and the fears we have. Lord, we want to give everything to you and just simply see you and work in our relationship of love with you. We thank you that you came for us. We thank you that you have enabled us now to receive it through what Jesus has done. And Lord, as we celebrate this most glorious feast, we pray that you'll help us to receive you anew and again that we may be refreshed and that we may be transformed and that we may be a people who can demonstrate who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So the bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup of thanksgiving, for which we give thanks, is a sharing in the blood of Christ. And so what we ask is you come and receive the elements and then return to the seat, your seats and then we'll celebrate it together.
nothing happens. Have you noticed that? So if, if you put it on your head, the body can't absorb what you've been given. It's been given. You, you just It just doesn't go in. But when you put it in your mouth, your mouth is built for it. It's designed to receive the, you know, the bread in. And as it goes in, the body absorbs it and it becomes part of the body. That's exactly what we're talking about with Jesus. You can't just have him on your head. You know, you just can't have him on your neck, around your neck, you know. You have to receive him. And so our hearts are designed and created to receive Jesus, just like our mouths are created to receive food. And so what we need to do is open our hearts to receive him, you see. We can take the food, but it doesn't make any difference. It has to have a spiritual connection where we open our hearts to receive Jesus and all that he is. So here's the, you know, the Lord of life. He is the light of the world. He is the Logos, the reason. He's the one who created all things. And so when we receive him, he works in us and recreates us. We become filled with joy, powerful people who can demonstrate who he is. And so take, eat, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. And the same goes for the cup uh, of juice. See, when we have to receive the juice, see, you can't pour it on your head, you know, you can't pour it on the ground. And yet, through unbelief, we could we do that. And uh, you know, Hebrews it's a terrible thing, isn't it? Trampling on the blood of Christ. What we're called to do is receive it into us, and to understand what it's doing. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all of our sin. And as we're cleansed, we're renewed. And as we're renewed, we're more like Jesus. And our doubts and our fears and our worries and our anxieties and, and all the things that distract us to sort of melt away. So we are to receive this. And as we receive it, we are to be changed, to really understand what it means to have our sins cleansed through the, 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 um, the flowing blood of Jesus. And so take, drink, Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. And in John's letter, 1 John verse, no, chapter 3, he says it this way. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, 
but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope, hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So we look like him and we're as pure as he is. That's who we are in Christ. That's who we are as we celebrate the feast together. And so we call to live out who we are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the lavished love that you have poured deep into our hearts. Lord, every part of who we are, you have poured your love and grace and mercy in. Lord, we acknowledge before you that we are weak and sinful and selfish and we have all these things. But we thank you, Lord, that you have cleansed us. And we pray, Lord, that you will do your work in us, that you'll recreate us, that we may be a masterpiece, a people who can do the works that you have created us to do. And Lord, we pray that there may be many works that you have created us to do in our lives, in our families and in Pakenham. And so, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful joy. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to live out of it as we ask this in Jesus' name. And all those who agreed said, Amen.